podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the LFC Transfer Room Podcast for Anfield Index. My name is Alex Vancefield. Today we're going to be focusing on the recent links to Wolves' 21-year-old midfield sensation, Ruben Neves. With me today, as always, I have my LFC Transfer Room colleague, Mr. Rob Rogers. Rob, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, hi, Alex. Uh, brilliant to, have, uh, to be on. Can't wait. Yeah, thank you, mate. This is going to be an exciting one. Um, joining us today, uh, we have a couple great guests, very, very knowledgeable on all things Wolves. Uh, first off, you likely know this lifelong Wolves fan as Little Dan from the Wolverhampton-based Wolves fan cast. Dan, how you doing, my friend? Hi, guys. Nice to be on. Yeah, pleasure to have you, mate. We also have with us uh, Mr. James Bird, associate editor of Mundial Mag, which is one hell of a publication. James, how are you doing? Hey, man. Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. All good. Excellent. Rob, why don't you uh, kick us off? Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, about Nevis's back? background so we can kind of set the table here and then we'll we'll jump into discussions about uh what's certainly the prospect in everyone's tongues nowadays yeah so um we'll we'll take a little look at his career path before uh we jump into his performances this season um we all know Ruben Nevers before as Liverpool fans we were linked to him so prior to his summer move to Wolves he'd been a one club player spending the entirety of his youth and senior career at FC Porto as a player, he grew, he progressed well beyond his years. He famously notched three significant records early in his senior career, becoming the club's youngest goalscorer in the Premier Liga uh, at just 15 years and five months, as well as becoming the youngest Portuguese international to appear in the Champions League just a week later. And arguably the crowning achievement of Neves' time at Porto came when he was named captain of the side against Maccabi Tel Aviv in the Champions League, becoming the youngest player to ever captain a side in the competition, and that was just at 18 years old. So, uh, obviously, people had very high hopes for Neves, uh, but fast forward three years, and as a pit, uh, his career had appeared to stall a little bit. A lot of rumours had circulated that he may be available for a move at the right price, uh, and given his pedigree, it seemed he wouldn't be short of suitors. And heads across Europe were turn when, miraculously, he had moved to Wolves. A storied English side, but one play in the football in the country's second division. And it was uh, a deal that was worth, reportedly, around £15.8 million. It was a puzzling move to many, um, especially considering the uh, reputation of Neves. A lot of people thought him was one of the better youngsters in Europe. But uh, it was... Apparently down due in large part to the influence of the super agent Jorge Mendes, who had been involved in apparently numerous deals with Wolverhampton Wanderers over the last year or so. Um, so last week, Lisbon-based football journalist Marcus Alves boldly claimed that Neves would join Liverpool this summer, reigniting links between the two parties that date back to around 2015. Um, if we all remember, he was a confirmed target by pretty much every publication uh, and someone that was interested, um, Brendan Rodgers and a few stories at the time said that Jürgen Klopp may have come in and uh, said no to the deal. But he was certainly somebody that we've looked at under FSG before. Excellent. Thank you, Rob. So before we jump into all the ins and outs of, of Neves himself, um, I think it's it's worth taking a little look at, at this, Wolves, this Wolves project here. Um, so James, I, I want to start with you. Tell me just a little bit about about this Wolves progression under Nuno Espirito Santo and you know tell me how they've how they've set up and and what role has Neves played for them this season yeah sure well I think that the most important thing about the way that we've set up this year is that it's been consistent in structure so you know Foson came in and and maybe didn't make some great decisions in in the first season they were um, sort of our owners or our investors Um, and then the second you know summer Last year, we got Nuno in, and I think he came in and from top to bottom revolutionised the way that we work, both as a football team and as a football club. Um, you know, the formation that we've been playing, which is um, three central defenders, two wing backs, two centre midfielders, of which Neves is one of them. 
Um, and then a, a front three. We've we've kept the same the the whole the whole year. And uh, what what's most amazing to me, certainly as a Wolves fan, is uh, we've never had that before. We've never had a, a a structure whereby every player on the pitch knows where every other player on the pitch is going to be without having to look up. Um, and that's been brilliant to watch, um, and and surprising and exciting and reassuring. Um, and I think. I think Nuno has uh, is essentially a step above of any other manager Wolves have ever had. He's um, especially in terms of knowledge, in terms of tactical knowledge, um, and, and also in in terms of emotion. He's he's been brilliant. He's connected with the, the fans straight away. You know, we've had a fair few lackluster, boring, white, old managers. Uh, uh, all British down the Molyneux in recent times. You you, you look at um, you look at Lambert and Jacket especially in the most recent times, and they're both very bland people. They're both you know pretty emotionless. They both say the same things in their post match um, their post match dress downs, and they're just uninspiring. And I, I think I think it's especially important and especially exciting for me and in, in, in and a lot of Wolves fans in that Neves. In that, sorry, in that uh, Nuno isn't English. He's a European manager. He's he's relatively young, um, and he's got he's got a lot of ambition. And I think he's got a lot of things that he wants to achieve, um, and I, I'm hoping that he does. He wants to carry on doing that with Wolves. Um, so yeah, yeah. That that's that's how I'd sum up what's changed at Wolves over the past twelve months, really. Excellent. Yeah, and they look. I mean, they look a formidable, formidable team to be, to be coming up to the Premier League. I would, I would argue as strong as any I can, I can remember to achieve promotion in the past, the past decade or two. Um, Dan, let me turn to you for a sec. Tell me a little bit about, about the role Neves has played in this, in this transformation as, you know, um, James alluded to him being part traditionally of that, that kind of midfield too. Um, how, you know, how has he, how has he contributed to this, to this dramatic turnaround you guys have seen? Ruben Neves is that pivotal to our team. When he doesn't play well, we tend not to play well. He's that much of a, a linchpin. He's he's not the guy you have in your fantasy football team. He's he's the pass before the assist. Ruben Neves is. He's, he's that far ahead of everyone else on the pitch at this level. They make everything look so easy when he does sort of take his foot off the gas. He just doesn't seem to click with the rest of the team. He makes our defence look so much more formidable because he allows them to bring the ball out the majority of the time. Teams have tried to man-mark him quite a few games this season, which has allowed the rest of our team to do what they need to do. I don't really know how to, how, how to describe him best, really, without over-exaggerating. To me, he's been a, an, an artist at times. You, you'll see um, next season in the Premier League when he, he might get an extra second, two seconds on the ball. Passes that will be able to play. I did notice a stat on Google. I mean, God forbid he does sign for you guys because we don't want to lose him because he's that. I've I've, ne- I've not seen a Wolves pl- player as good as him in my lifetime. But there's a stat which says the Anfield pitch has an extra five meters of coverage. So, with that much canvas to paint on, he'll be formidable. Uh, that's a that's a raving endorsement, and I, <laughs> you know, anyone listening to this, I'm sure is going to be pretty g'd up. Um, let me let me ask you one thing. I I remember reading, you know, from his time at Porto. I didn't know if it was hyperbole or not, but I I heard someone refer to him as as one of the most progressive number sixes in Europe. I mean, always, always, always looking forward, only recycling possession when he absolutely had to. Have, has he translated that that kind of modicum of play to to his time at Wolves? Um, most definitely. If, if you have a, a look at the the last two games of ours, I think in the Birmingham City game we had a I think it was a 16 or 17 pass consecutive pass passing before we actually scored, it. and he was pretty much involved in about three or four stages of that goal before it became the uh, the finish. Same again the weekend. I think that was 18, 19 passes before we scored. He's always making things tick over. Whether it's always going forward. The the main thing that he he makes our formation look so good going forward is his 
ability to spread the passes to our wing backs, which are constantly bombing forward. Yeah, if I if I could just add add to that in terms of him being one of the most progressive players in Europe, um, I was trying to think before we came onto the podcast. I was trying to think who who could compare Ruben Neves to in, in his style and his consistency and and the time that he affords himself on the ball and the fact that he just he doesn't even have to fucking look. He doesn't have to look where he's placed in the pass. He know, he knows where his players, his fellow players are, and he's got so much faith. Um, in his ability, um, he has to take no time. Well, I was trying to think who who I've seen play regularly this year that I could compare him to, and I, I, I honestly don't know. I think that with you know looking at European football in the last ten years, I think he plays relatively similarly to Perlo. In in you know as Dan just mentioned, the, the word artist he does. He's he's so composed and he's so graceful on the ball. He's, it is artistic to watch, similar to, to what it was like watching Perlo play, I think. Um, his, his long-range passing, his short-range passing, um, he's obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point in the podcast, but his, his long-range shooting is, is just ridiculous. I think he's only had, this was a couple of weeks ago, he'd only had three touches in the opposition penalty area um, all year, just three touches. Um, and he scored six, six goals from outside the penalty area, um, and 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 yeah, I, I I really struggle with who to compare him to. Maybe in the Premier League, you could compare him to Matic um, for for United in in the way that he breaks at possession. He's got a bite in the tackle, and and in the way that um, his distribution is so good. But I think he's very very difficult to to compare. To be honest, yeah. Uh... My sort of opinion, I think that would be sort of downplaying how good his passing is, comparing him to Matic, to be honest. Well, I think uh, one player that probably springs to mind for all Liverpool fans when we're talking about an artist in midfield, we've compared him to Perlo. We quite often think that maybe despite a, a small period where Steven Gerrard played in the number six role, we haven't really had a confident number six on the ball since we sold Chabi Alonso all those years ago. Um, and his game sounds in some ways quite similar to him. Uh, obviously, he came from uh, from Spain back uh, when Rafa Benitez signed him and he slotted into the English game pretty much seamlessly from, from what I remember, um, generally with his, his quickness of thought. Uh, James, what do you think about the way that Neves has slotted into the English game and, and how he's transferred his game from the Portuguese league into the championship? Um, I, th- I think it's ridiculous, really, how how seamlessly he he moved into the championship. Um, you, you know, you see uh, when uh, teams get relegated from the Premier League um, and they come down, and they've they've still got some exceptional players, and and there is a big gulf between the Premier League and the Championship. And teams who get relegated, they've still got those some of those quality players in their team, and and they'll they'll be rubbish for the first ten fifteen games as their players get used to playing in the championship. Now I think that with Neves, um, he didn't have he didn't have that period where he, where he needed to learn how to fit in, and I th- I think it's genuinely maybe maybe boring as an answer. I think it's just testament to how how bloody good he is. He's um I. I Echoing what Dan Dan said, I've never seen a Wolves player um, as good as him um, in my lifetime. I look, you know, I think about the uh, the other players that Wolves have had and, and have sold on to Premier League clubs, and you think in, in recent times, thinking of Bakary Sacco, think of Benikafobe, Stephen Fletcher, Matt Jarvis, and going back a little bit further, Jodian Lescott and Robbie Keane, and I don't think any of them were as obviously. Um, exceptional as Neves was. They're all great players, but Neves is, is, is it's almost looked silly at times, almost ridiculous, almost embarrassing how, how, how good he is. Um, and I think, yeah, him fitting so seamlessly in, into English football and, and in our case, in, into the championship, um, I think it shows confidence. You know, he's played in the Champions League. Um, uh, and and also just genuine talent, not not raw talent, properly honed talent. He's he's just fucking quality. In my opinion, he is future Portu- Portugal captain. He's that good, genuine talent. 
it makes everything look so easy on the pitch because of how much space he allows himself on the pitch. If you don't sort of man marking for ninety minutes, he'll just he'll, he'll he'll find the room and he'll pick passes all day long. Yeah, I mean it's interesting you say that. Um, just a little fact for those who who like that kind of thing. Um, there's only two players who've completed uh, more through balls per game than uh, than Ruben Neves in the Championship this season. Uh, Romain Sawyer's Tom Kearney from Fulham. So going back to what Dan had said previously about uh, him being the pass before the assist, uh, a lot of people call them hockey assists. I certainly see that in his game. Dan, what do you think about uh, where he may fit in? Uh, I know you probably don't want to think about it, but at Liverpool, I mean, does he always have to play in as a number six? Is there a possibility that he could play somewhere else? I know, obviously, there have been a lot of people asking about replacements, about Coutinho and, and, and maybe playing in a more advanced role. But do you think he is specifically shackled down to playing in that sort of deeper role and spreading the passes out? Or do you think he may even get better if he was moved further up the pitch? I think if uh, Naby Keita's as good as he looks, with Neves by the side of him, he'll be exceptional going forward to create uh, Neves will. Giving your front three a bit more. Obviously, you find this a lot with teams coming to Anfield where they'll, they'll sit back and whatnot. You'll need a, a player like Ruben Neves to get those through balls in. He, he has got that eye for a pass, whether it's from in his own half or 30, 40 yards out from, from their goal. He's that precise with his passing. The one thing I'd like to like know with Ruben Neves, I mentioned earlier, with our wing-backs, with, um, with Andy Robertson and whether it's Trent or uh, Nathaniel Klein, if, if they can bomb up those wings as quick as our wing-backs can, it, he'll find them all day long. And that's where you want your... You want your wing back as far as you can get up the field as you can. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. And, and to a certain extent, we've probably seen a small amount of that where uh, originally it would have been the likes of Jordan Henderson dropping in between the centre-backs. But lately it's been Van Dijk picking up the ball, being able to spread it to the full-backs. It's been a brilliant tool for stretching teams as, as we've always had generally quite a few issues in terms of teams sitting back and and being hard to break down against us, especially at Anfield. Um I suppose one uh, one aspect that I'm trying to think about is we've obviously been linked to Jorginho. You've, you've mentioned Nambi Keita there. Um, generally, Klopp plays with a three in midfield. We'd probably imagine that either only one of Neves or Jorginho will be signed considering the similarity in the way that they play. We take Nambi Keita as a given. He's going to start considering the money we've played, considering his, you know ability and, and the way everyone perceives him within football. Um, James, who do you think out of the other ones at Liverpool's midfield that Klopp would use in his midfield three if Neves was there and if Keita was there and, and what roles do you think that they would pick up? So who, who are we talking about here within that three? Are we talking about Henderson, uh, Wijnaldum? Uh, are you talking about Milner moving into that? Front three, or do I have free reign to decide who I would play there? Yeah, I mean, free reign, obviously. I think lately Klopp has, has probably put a little bit more faith in Milner in midfield as well, and obviously there's been Wijnaldum. Of course, don't forget Adam Lallana, if it's a more advanced role, uh, and the likes of Henderson, and obviously Emery Chan. Maybe really knows what's going to happen with him next season. So, you know, if you had to have your pick as to who you'd put in there in the way that we play, who, who do you think would work best with Neves? You know what? I'd 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 probably play Lalana there. I think I think Lalana is one of those English players who stands out as a little bit more cultured, uh, if you know what I mean. He, he's one of those players who's always looked to um, to turn um, quickly when he gets the ball. He's not you know he he doesn't stop and dawdle on it. He, he receives the ball and turns out straight away, which is rare for an English player. And that's why when we see somebody like Barkley or somebody like Wilshire, somebody like Joe Cole, somebody like Lalana. We all get a bit excited because they look, you know, they look they look a little bit more European with the way that they move the ball. And I think that if you've if you've got Neves probably playing in playing in that three, um, and and Lalana making the kind of runs to, to link up with you with your front three, um, I think that's who would play. I, th- I, th- I think Neves would um, be able to find Lalana's movement nicely alongside Keita. And then obviously, 
to, to your front three who are pretty scary going forward. <laughs> just just a quick one there as well. Uh, obviously, you've mentioned Lallana. We've been linked um, pretty extensively over the last week, but sort of here and there over the past year with with a lad called James Madison from Norwich, and I'm sure you've had a few experiences against him, um, playing against him. Do you think he's as similar to Lallana as people are making out? Is he that kind of player as well? Um, with James Madison, James Madison is he's absolutely quality as well. He's brilliant, man. He again, similarly, yeah, he's that he is that kind of player, um, the the kind of player that you look at and 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 hope that pushes on into the England national team at some point because he looks like the kind of player who who can impact in a game that isn't just the English game. Um, so I, I, I think James, I, I think whoever gets hold of um, James Madison this summer, and I think he probably will move because Norwich and Naf, um, I think they'll, they'll be getting a fantastic signing. Excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by by Madison as well, and I think a lot of, a lot of folks have have seen him as a natural heir to, to Lallana's throne and to that particular role he plays. You know, both, both high energy but extremely technically demanding. And yeah, I think he's. I think it's another interesting prospect. Um, I want to shift the focus back to back to the man of the hour, though, Mr. Neves. Um, Dan, I want to ask you something in particular, um, and this this is ex- this is especially relevant as as a Liverpool fan, having seen how we can go from dismantling Manchester City in a wide open basketball game one week to falling completely flat against you know a, a, a deep lying. Um, Swansea City team the next. Uh, in terms of stylistic matchups, what kind of game or opponent do you think suits Neves best? And on the flip side, is there any particular setup where you think he's he's somewhat washed out or his you know his his impact is somewhat nullified? Uh, in regards to like the latter, the games where he seems to have uh, struggled struggled mostly this season, his teams with a uh, tight pitches. Like Loftus Road, Burton Albion, those really tight pitches where the, there's literally no room in order. He's it, it, based on all his long range passing. He can do all the short passing all day, but he creates the majority of his our chances through his long range passing to our wing backs. The games where we seem to do the best in is just when he, when he has a, um, a team who wants to come and attack walls. What, that seems to happen quite a lot when teams want to actually try and press us high up the pitch. He ends up finding the pass to one of our wing backs or one of our front three, and with the talent that they've got going forward, things just always seem to happen. Well, that's a great that's a great asset to have in a number six. You know, we you hear the term press resistant quite a bit, very often on the on the other side of the equation for us. But again, we that that fits very well to you know to Liverpool's mold for success for success against the stronger teams these past few years is having someone who. Who thrives when, you know, when under pressure and 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 turns out to their advantage. Um, James, let me ask you: Are there any performances this season from Neves that you can point to as particularly bad, or you know that that might reveal some some underlying weaknesses in his game? I mean, Dan just mentioned QPR um, and Burton. There's, I mean, again, yeah, but both of those sides do play on smaller pitches and, and they did sort of kick the shit out of us for 90 minutes as well. Um, the the other game that comes to my mind that we lost convincingly in was it was against Aston Villa a couple of weeks ago. Um, well, probably a month and a half ago now. But um, I mean, it was a really strange game that was. We were absolutely on fire for the first 60 minutes, I'd say. Um, and then we sort of got a little bit flustered. I think we were away. Villa Park's a big stadium, um, you know, and they were in a good run of form. Uh, I think they lost the next game after after maybe to QPR as well. But I think I think in that game, I think I think it was more to do with um, the other players around Neves getting flustered rather than him. Um, I think that we took Cavaliero and Jota off. I can't remember if that was after we 
went behind. But um, I think Aston Villa flustered us a bit there. Uh, you know, they've 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 got some big boys and they've got some some, some lads who'll stick a boot in. I think Snodgrass was getting proper stuck in. I think John Terry was getting proper stuck in. And I think the rest of the Wolves players, we got a bit flustered. We had a few bookings. We were getting quite riled, and they, you know, the rest of the boys around Nevers probably lost their um, positional sense a little bit. We 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 have lost our shape a little bit. Um, the and so I don't think it was particularly to do with Nevers having a bad game. The one, I mean, a lot of people would call it a weakness. I wouldn't call it a weakness, but yeah, I think he has got a slightly nasty streak to him, Nevers. Um, I've seen him, you know. Do it to a couple of little uh, nasty little kicks to the shins after the ball's gone, um, and I've, I've seen him square up to a couple of players. And, you know, a lot a lot of people might see that as a weakness, and that he gets wound up. Um, I personally don't see that as a weakness in a footballer. You know, you think about Wayne Rooney when he was 18, and you know when he was at um, the Euros 2004. He's probably one of the best players in the world at that point, and gradually people told him to calm down and lose that sharp edge from his game um, and I think as the more people did that the more he 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 lost sight of what his game actually was so if we're talking of weak points a lot of people might think that Neves having a, a nasty streak would be but I, you know what I kind of see that as a good thing Yeah well I'm not alone in saying we need some we need some bastards in our team and that's been that's certainly been one of our one of our undoings in in years past is not having that mean streak, not being willing to to be the bad guy. You know, we've been accused of being being too nice on more than one occasion, and uh, I I for one wouldn't mind some of that coming in. We already have a little bit coming in, and Navi Keita, who's a mean little bugger in his own right, but um, yeah, I certainly I certainly can't you know can't pe- can't peg that as a fault in a footballer either. Uh, I want to ask each of you guys. A very quick, simple yes or no question. Um, the picture you've painted thus far makes me think this is almost rhetorical, but we'll go for it anyway. James, I'll start with you. Yes or no? Is Ruben Neves Premier League ready? Absolutely not. You shouldn't go anywhere near him. Well, I didn't say us. Remember, you'll be you'll be at the party too, mate. Um, Dan, Dan, what about you? Yes or no? Is Ruben Neves Premier League ready? He he's he's Champions League ready, not just Premier League ready. He's that good. You can get a thousand to one on him to win the Ballon d'Or this year. Just <laughs> FYI. If 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 he has a, a big storming World Cup for Portugal, could you? Is, is a thousand to one really that bad of an odds? I mean, I've got my own little bet worse. on. <laughs> I've got my own bet on. On Salah, I think um, a while back, getting the Ballon d'Or wouldn't be unlikely. I suppose that if it goes outside of Messi and Ronaldo, I suppose it could go to anyone. But yeah, um, I don't think there's any doubt that he's Premier League ready. Just looking at a couple of stats there. There's only uh, Christian Stuani, Raheem Sterling, Falcao, Harry Kane, and Florian Tovan who've scored more goals. Um, oh, sorry. Who scored more goals from outside of the box than than Neves? Um, but actually, he's got the best shot success rate, um, which is quite incredible. I know, obviously, he doesn't waste the ball very often, and we're saying he was Premier League ready. I think that's something that we've missed since we've lost Coutinho as well. I think a lot has been painted um, and saying that you know we haven't really missed Coutinho. We've come a long way, but there was always the ability to hit a shot out of nowhere, 30, 35 yards. He was brilliant at it. And yet, this season, he scored more goals than Coutinho from outside of the box. It's certainly something that, that I'd look forward to. Um, now, I mean, one of the things that we wanted to talk about um, is, obviously, we wanted to ask whether he would stay at Wolves, what you guys think. I'm, I'm quite sure what you guys want to happen, but... Um, we wanted to talk about Jorge Mendes and obviously we've just spoken about him in the, in the intro and, and the effect that he's had on Wolves as a football club. Um, but do you think that he'll play a big part in the transfer? Um, I know obviously these so-called super agents have been blamed for forcing transfers through, th- thinking about Mini Raiola with his dealings with Ibrahimovic, with Pogba, with, 
with Balotelli. Um, is Jorge Mendes like this? Is he likely to force a move through? And is there another player ready to take over? I mean, obviously people have mentioned Anderson Talisca. Um, in fact, the actual journalist who mentioned the original link said that Talisca would take over. So, um, come to you, Dan. What do you think about Jorge Mendes? Will he force Nevers out the door? Is that likely to happen or... Or is he really going to stay loyal to Wolves? I think there's various articles on the internet that you'll find in regards to Mendes and his um, process of recycling players around clubs that he's associated with. So there's always a chance. I mean, on the Wolves fan cast that I'm involved in, I've heavily been pushing for Tlisker to be coming for the last two seasons now. So I think he's that good. Neves does go. The only situation that I could see being a an obstacle is how much you're willing to pay for him. Because there's a rumour there's a an eighty million pound release clause. I don't know how much truth there is in that. What What do you think would be a uh, a respectable fee? I mean, what would what would you accept um, as a fan to say? All right, fair enough. We've lost him, and and that's a fair amount of money. In today's market. 55 mil. Yeah, that doesn't sound too too outlandish, I don't suppose. Um, how about you, James? Jorge Mendes, what do you think about him? And and do you think that he may be involved in a transfer? Would he would he push uh, Nevers out the door? Or do you think that it's likely that he may just say, let's keep Nevers where he is for the good of his career? Yeah, man. Like, Jorge Mendes, I think that he will be heavily involved in any transfer that happens uh, at Wolves. He, um, you know, he's, he's not just a sort of confidant. I don't know how many people know this. I think it's fairly well known. He actually owns or has a stake in Fosun International, the, the Chinese company that owns Wolves as well. So, yeah, of course, he's got direct like, economic interests in Wolves doing well. But also, you know, he's got direct economic interests in getting paid. He wants that wedge. He wants as much cash as he can get. Um, and, you know, the, the sort of backlash in the media about his links to Wolves and is it fair Wolves having spent this much money and having, you know, been able to bring over players from Porto and Atletico Madrid easily. Um, I mean, you know, I think that money at any level of football, let's say, you know, Serie A, Liga, the Premier League, the Championship, League Two, you know, Valderrama as non-league, as you know, as base as it sounds, money money talks, money makes you, on the whole, um, a better football team. And if you look at the clubs across Europe winning their leagues, it's always the ones with the most money. And I don't think that's a new thing. I just think that there's more of it now. Um, and, yeah, I, I really hope that Neves doesn't go yet. Um, mainly because our system, the system I spoke about earlier about it being so structured, it's sort of pinpointed around him um, and, and his passing ability. And I love Romain Saez, the guy who plays alongside him. And I really like Alfred and Dai, who, who replaces Neves if he's injured or booked. But um, neither of them are, are sort of apt replacements for him. Um, you mentioned Taliska. I know that he's at Besiktas and they scored quite a lot of goals I think I've seen him play once so I can't comment on whether um, I think he's a suitable replacement but I, I know that he's supposed to be a more attacking player than Neves um, so I, I don't know really where we'd look in terms of replacing him um, and I think it's it scares me a little bit if Neves goes in terms of the whole little leave in the midfield the whole little leave um, in the club, the, the sort of whole little leave in, in the atmosphere and, and in the fans, because um, everything this year has has been drawn by him, basically. All right, thank you for that insight, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, if you don't mind, we're going to go to a couple questions from our followers on Twitter, and what I figure we could do is just pass these around the table, get your quick quick responses on each. Um, the first one comes from Damian Hillen, one of our LFCTR writers, actually. That's at Damien Hillen, H-I-L-L-E-N. He wants to know, with Nabi Keita coming over next summer, how do you think these two would complement one another next season? James, I'll have you take it first. I don't want to repeat myself about Neves, but he's very much 
a player who operates within, um, you know, the middle of the pitch. He's only had three touches, I think, in the oppositional penalty area all year. So he'd be the guy that sits, I think, cater with his box-to-box style, a little, you know, similar to to Conte in a way that is very zippy um, and he's, he's good at breaking up play and then creating things, you know, creating chances off that. I think it'd be similar to the way that... Um, the way that you're and probably my favourite Liverpool centre midfield pairing ever in Alonso and Gerrard, how they linked up. You know, I think Neves would would sit and, and spray the ball about, and I think Cater would 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 be doing more of the um, more of the box to box stuff. That's not a not a bad comparison for people to hear. Um, Dan, what about you? What do you think? I think same sort of precedence. Really, he, Neves will be complimented well by Cater because he needs a bit more of a, a physical guy by the side of it. I'm not saying that Neves can't throw in a tackle, but um, if it frees up Neves to be that quarterback, it's it's win-win all round in the midfield with, a, with someone like a Lallana in front of those two. It's a bit more creative for the front three. Excellent. Rob, what about what about you? What are your thoughts on you know on a potential midfield with, with Naby and, and Ruben Neves in it? Um, I, I mean, it, 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 it is what it is. I think people have been calling for sort of a defensive midfielder quite often in, in Liverpool. Um, but it doesn't seem like Klopp wants to play with that. I, I personally think it, it, it sounds incredible. Um, I think th- there's definite scope there to say that Klopp wants to sign a number six, obviously with the links to Jorginho and, and obviously now Neves. And the fact that he'll have a player being able to spray passes out You've got Naby Keita, who has the best dribble success rate in Europe over the last two years from a from a centre midfielder. He'll be like a tank running through the midfield. It it sounds extremely uh, extremely like Jurgen Klopp to me. It it, it sounds as if he's gearing his team up to uh, attack in as many different ways as possible. And to be quite honest, it's uh, it both. Um, <laughs> Makes me happy and also terrifies me as to what he's building because the midfield that he took over from wasn't exactly highly regarded uh, and he's managed to get that working pretty well um, and maybe with the likes of the Ox in there as well, some of his signings. It's very exciting. What, what do you think, Alex? Um, I, I, you know, anything that Jurgen Klopp wants to do, I'm happy with it, but, you know, it sounds really good to me. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, and and, and listening to to James and to Dan talk a little bit more about, about Nevis's qualities. I mean, I, I see exactly what you see when you have a guy quarterbacking who has that range of passing, you have a front three with that kind of movement and intelligence. Um, you know, if you, if you, if you want to mark out the front three, that's probably going to create space for Nabby and Ox to drop in and pick up possession. And the last thing you want to do is give, give either of those guys room to drive, dribble, pick out passes. And so it really is. I mean, it's such it creates the platform for such a multifaceted attack that it, it is, it's almost, it's almost dizzying, um, you know, how many angles they could attack. But yeah, there's that, there's definitely that question mark about, about defensive reliability. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly a mouthwatering prospect and one that I could, I could get on board with. Um, no dispute in that. Uh, one other, one other question, if I, if I may, for you guys, this one comes from our follower, Omar Twitter handle is at, Omega S and that's literally the Omega sign S um, he wants to know if Ruben Neves does come, would he be taking someone's place right away? Or would it be a little bit more like the case of Andrew Robertson this year where he has to bide his time to get into this, into the team. Um, he says he can't see Klopp dropping Henderson right away. Although he personally thinks Neves and the number six would be a better fit. Uh, let's go back around the horn here. James, what do you think? Do you think Neves gets in straight away or do you think he has to bide his time? Yeah, man, I think I think Neves comes to Liverpool and, and slots straight into the side. Uh, this does come from a biased Wolves fan who's, who's watched him, you know, tear it up in, in the Championship all year. But I don't think that he would uh, come to Liverpool unless he was guaranteed to start pinging the ball in that centre midfield spot straight away. Excellent. Dan, Dan what about you? Uh, same sort of lines as James. I've said it. The last sort of two months now, I can't begrudge him moving on now if he is going to join 
a big club. But I can't see him join Liverpool to have to fight his way into the team. I mean, if, if you go on with the Champions League, then maybe I could understand that then. But he's, obviously, I'm biased. So I already believe he's better than any one of your midfielders already. I'm, I'm sorry if that's out of order, but I think he's that good. I don't think you would. Uh, I don't think you'd find too much argument from a lot of Liverpool fans. Um, they've been plenty of folks have been crying out for something new, and uh, you know, honestly, given given how impressive Neves has been, I don't think that's too disparaging a remark. So, no, no offense taken, Rob. Rob, what about you? Where do you where do you think Neves would fit in the pecking order? Oh well, we're going into what Omar said. Obviously, he said that uh, it would be. Difficult to see Klopp dropping Henderson out. And I think Henderson's a little bit like Marmite. There's been a lot of fans who've been completely against him for a while. And then, you know, alternatively, there's been a lot of fans backing him up. I think from the point when we tried to play him as a number six, he was never, ever a number six in the first place. And I think he's done a lot of good work in that position. Um, but I, I think we would probably all admit that Ruben Neves would, would on talent-wise, come into that position on his own. Uh, the only thing that, that sort of plays in my mind is, is he going to drop Henderson? You know, Omar said it. It would be very unusual to drop the captain of your team to the bench. And then a lot of people have been saying, well, maybe they'll make Van Dijk a captain. Who knows whether that's in Klopp's plans. He certainly denied it for now, but it's not like he'd reveal it. I mean, Ruben Nevers has captained teams before. He's certainly got a lot of leadership. <laughs> Maybe he'll take his role over completely. But I think um, in one of the previous games, um, Henderson played in a more advanced role for the first time in quite a while. I'm not saying that he's going to take the starting position there because obviously we have a few different midfielders who could probably play at Oxlade-Chamberlain, Lallana. But I would quite like to see Nevers make that number six his own give Henderson the position as a kind of backup, but allow Henderson to be versatile like the other midfielders that we have and allow Henderson maybe to get a chance a little bit further up the field. But yeah, for me, I think Neves would would probably start. Transition periods aside, talent-wise, he, he is much better. He'd certainly be the best number six that we have. I, I don't know about what you think about it, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I... I'm right there with you. It's definitely a conundrum um, as far as dropping Henderson to the bench. For me, I think a lot of it comes down to what the fixture schedule looks like, you know, for those first few weeks or months of the season. Um, if Liverpool are drawn to have a very, very difficult, you know, opening schedule, um, I could see Klopp sticking to his guns and keeping Henderson in there and maybe using, you know, using the the cup competitions as an opportunity to slowly bed Neves in. Um, on the flip side, there might be some really, really good potential learning experiences in those opening few fixtures, you know, for somebody like Neves. But I'm with you. I think on on talent alone, Neves takes it. But uh, we also know that Klopp does value merit quite a bit. And we also know that he's not at all shy to hold players back and, and essentially bench them until he feels they're 100% prepared. And I know there was a lot of frustration over that with Roberts in this season, but uh that approach certainly paid dividends. Um, and, you know, one of the one of the scenarios I could definitely see if they did land Neves is Klopp telling Henderson, this is your position to lose. And, you know, maybe Hendo does what Moreno did the start of this season and goes on, goes on an absolute tear and on form and merit keeps Neves out of the team. I mean, that's certainly that's certainly a nice proposition to think about. Obviously, probably not the ideal for for Neves or for, you know, anyone expecting to see him play. But. I think there are any number of possibilities, um, but bottom line, he's. I think that position would be his for the long term. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's. Uh, it's certainly uh, something that's going to be discussed by Liverpool fans all the way through the summer. Obviously, we're going to cover it. Certainly, seems like Jurgen wants a number six, and uh, as to his plans, we really don't know. <laughs> that's one of the beauties of Jurgen Klopp's things; just come out of nowhere. And um, as long as we get behind them, I think we know that they're going to generally succeed. I don't think he's made really a bad signing yet. So, um, right. So what we usually do on this podcast, as we come to the end, we will basically say out of 10, what do you think in terms of the likelihood of this transfer happening in the summer? So, uh, James, I'll come to you first. 
you know, give us a little bit of a, a paragraph afterwards to tell us why you've given it a so-and-so out of 10, but what are the chances for you that Ruben Neves joins Liverpool this summer? I think the chances are five out of 10. I'm going to say that, which is dead middling, dead boring. Um, I think it's because I'm not yet resigned to the idea that he will leave. Um, I think that he probably needs another season um, of consistency for him to be worth the maximum amount of money for George Mendes to sell. So I think at the moment, you know, let's let's say he's worth forty million pounds. Um, I think if he has a good season in the Premier League, even if Wolves aren't, you know, if we're if we're in the bottom six or whatever, um, if Ruben Neves has another good season, he he doubles his value. And you know, George Mendes, as boring as this sounds, he's a money man, and I think that's what he's most interested in. And I think he'll be looking to get maximum profit out of. Ruben Neves, and I think I think he'll want to see him play for Wolves for another year in the Premier League. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, everybody always wants to know whether a player can play in the Premier League, and I think, as you've said, if Mendes really cares about the player's progression, probably both financially and and as a player, the best thing to do for him would be to keep him in the same system and you know let him bed into the Premier League on his own. I mean, what what do you think about it, Dan? Uh, do you think out of ten? Would you say five as well, or you know, are you a little bit more against, a little bit more for it? What do you think? Yeah, I'm sort of the same as James at the moment. We've got sitting on the fence. I think it all depends on one, how you do in the Champions League, two, how good a World Cup he has. I think if he has a really good World Cup, I think a lot more suitors will be linked to him, not just yourselves. I think it all depends on how much, how well you do in the Champions League, and the fact because he's played in a lot of the English. Championship for this season, his value is going to be. I mean, what? How much? How much is Jorginho? What's What's the link with that? I think that the figure that was flying around was around sixty million, if I'm not mistaken. All oh, right, okay. I sort of uh, it's touched some more statement I was going to make because I, I thought he would have been a lot less considering he's English players. Not obviously he's not he's Portuguese, but players in the English sort of media, they get given a ridiculous transfer value don't they just because of the hype and what that our media gives them yeah in the no, goal that Ruben never scored against Derby the other week I think I was saying in the ground at the time that's an extra 20 million on his value just because of that one goal live on telly oh yeah social social media inflation is very much a, very much becoming a reality all right so Rob let me ask you then given what uh you know what these two guys think if you had uh you had to throw a number on on the likelihood of Neves Neves wearing red next year. What do you think? Oh, um, I mean, uh, I think we have to bear in mind that this transfer image just basically came out of nowhere. Obviously, he's been a long term uh, target for Liverpool, but if I remember correctly, at the time the the, the reports going around were that Klopp had actually um, sort of refused to, to to allow the transfer to happen. From from Porto to Liverpool for Neves uh, back two and a half three years ago. Um, now I think that 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 could be said that oh maybe Klopp doesn't like him or whatever. But I think that Jurgen Klopp originally when he came into the club, as he's done at other clubs, he'll he'll give his players a little bit of time to show them what they're good at and, and, and give them a chance before he replaces them. So I, I'd probably discount that. Uh, one of the things that was interesting is um, obviously he doesn't work at the club now, but Pep Linders. Um, who was obviously high, heavily linked uh, with with work in in the first team and under Klopp, he was obviously highly rated. Ha- has obviously held Neves in a massively high regards. I mean, obviously there was an interview um, about a year ago where he describes the number six role as the Neves role. Um, so I, I should imagine that when the coaches are together and they're, and they're talking about who they want to sign, Linders must have been given you know, massive endorsements to Klopp and, and Buvak and everybody else there that Nevers was the guy to go for. Um I think Nevers is, is is a player who having moved to Wolves isn't afraid of a transfer. It's certainly something that, that brought him out of his comfort zone. Um even though he was sort of struggling at Porto with the manager maybe not given as much game time as as he would have liked. 
Um, but also we've spoken about it, Jorge Mendes. He's able to make a deal happen. He's able to make a move wherever and whenever he wants. Um, so to me, I mean, Jorginho was obviously the main one linked to us. And I think it's obvious that Klopp wants a player in that position. And now with the links to Jorginho and Man City, maybe that's why this has come about. I'm going to give it a seven. I think that if Liverpool want to get the transfer done, they've got the money to do it. And Ruben Neves, I'd like to think that he'd jump at the chance, you know, um, as we've alluded to. If he gets the guaranteed playing time, it would be a great move for him. And, you know, I think, as you said, Dan, um, (laughs) he's Champions League quality already. So I don't think there's any doubts about whether, you know, Liverpool would want to sign him given the right circumstances um what about you alex what do you think about chances out of 10 well you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little jorge mendez thing here and i'm gonna i'm gonna hedge my bets by by opening up the floor to anyone else who wants to add one more thing because i'm i'm still sitting right about where james was at five out of ten so anybody got anything else they want to throw out there um to sway me one way or another before i probably don't commit anyhow I'll quickly jump in here. I've decided it's a it's a one out of ten chance, purely because of the fact he was spotted in the, the local IKEA last night buying more furniture for his house in Wolverhampton. <laughs> breaking breaking news. Heard it here all first. over Twitter. It's all over <laughs> Twitter. He uh he was he was in the Asda as well, and he bought um a multi pack of bottled water, not a single bottle. So I think. I think you're onto something there, Dan. Furniture and big bottles of water. Are you sure that wasn't for the rapture? I heard that was supposed to be yesterday. Um, all right, so... The rapture <laughs> is more likely to happen than some football scenarios that we won't discuss live on air. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I might see where you're going there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plead ignorant on this one. Um, yeah. You know, I'm actually glad you threw me that little that little piece of uh, information on on Neves' shopping, um, because I've learned if there's one thing I've learned in recent times following Liverpool transfers, it's that uh, purchasing habits like that actually tend to mean the opposite. So I'm going to go ahead and go optimistic. I'm going to say seven out of ten for Neves to Liverpool, especially if. Liverpool managed to make the Champions League final. I know that Jorge Mendes will be looking to milk every last cent he can for, you know, one of his prize commodities. And I know that if Liverpool do make that final, that's even more change in their pocket. But given the performance of Loris of Loris Carius second half of the season and seemingly the disappearing or the quickly vanishing need to bring in, you know, a top notch goalkeeping replacement, that's a that's a lot of money in the pocket. Um, a lot they don't have to spend. You know, I'm optimistic that the likes of Harry Wilson and Ben Woodward are going to be able to contribute to, to squad depth next year. So I think the money will be there. I think Neves ticks all the boxes. I think FSG will be willing to spend. I think potentially they'd be willing to throw out a figure that will it meet the 80 million release clause you'd, you'd mentioned as a possibility? Maybe, maybe not. But I think they could throw out a figure that would that would turn Mendez's head and in turn kind of force the board's hand a little bit. So I'm going to say seven out of 10 just to end this pod on a positive note. Um, gentlemen, I really want to thank all of you again for your time, for your insight. This was, this was absolutely tremendous. Um, frankly, I didn't want to, I didn't want to speak too much, uh, you know, for fear that I would, that I would taint what was just some, you know, some wonderful discussion and dialogue from you guys. Um, Thank you again to all of our listeners on Anfield Index. And until next time, this has been the Liverpool Transfer Room Podcast. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.